What's up, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Falcons Final, Final Whistle. Whistle Podcast. Yeah, there we go. I'm Scott Bear. That's Tori McElhaney. Already making fun of me. We're 30 seconds in. <laughs> and our guest for today, who had, I'll just say it, he won't, a stellar offseason program. Yeah. And really has gotten off to a great start to this training camp. That's why we, we wanted to bring cornerback D. Alford in here to talk about the last couple months, his training, and I mean, it's such a such a great story, right? Yeah. Small college, mm-hmm. goes up to the CFL, comes down, unheralded guy, earns a spot, yeah. and is now right in the mix to be a starter mm-hmm. on what is a very good defense. Yep. Um, bio over. <laughs> <laughs> so, D.A., I, I guess first question is this. We've been hearing lots of high praise from A.J. Terrell, from Ryan Nielsen. Richie Grant. Uh, Richie Grant, mm-hmm. Jesse Bates. Um, All your boys in the secondary. Mm, <laughs> I don't know if you listen to those things or how much you hear it, but t- just just to hear that that kind of positive praise from so many of your peers, like mm. what does that mean to you? Does that kind of tell you that you're headed in the right direction? Um, yes, it does. Uh, it means a lot, you know, coming from those type of guys who, you know, been in the league a few years and made plays and, you know, um, some of the fan favorites. So by, uh, you know, getting a compliment from those type of guys, it means a lot. And, you know, it just shows that they trust in me. So no matter where I come in on my role, starter, second screen, third screen, I know that my brothers, you know, got my back and they trust in me. So that means a lot. I think that's really cool. And I know we've talked to Arthur Smith and Ryan Nielsen, new defensive coordinator, quite a bit. And they both have said on different accounts that you had a really good spring in OTAs. What was that part of the offseason like for you to kind of get in here and, and get your feet under you kind of mm-hmm. coming out of last year and into this year? Um, I mean, you can see like my uh, my off-season workout, uh, very intense, you know, uh, I train like how I play. So when I do get into a game situation, I already don't been through it in the off-season or like practice. But I mean, I just, I just wanted, you know, just come in and and basically had the same mindset I had last year, you know, yeah. trying to make this 53-man roster because at the end of the day, we are here in count competing for a spot. So no one has a spot, and that's the mindset that I have. I just got to continue to, you know, do what I did last year to continue to get those high praises and, you know, the glory that, that come with the sport. So That's so interesting because on this list of questions I had, like what's the difference between one camp and the other? Because I would have assumed that you enter – maybe a lot more comfortable because you you proved yourself. You made some big plays, a huge pick, right, that, that, mm-hmm. that you've done some things. But it seems like the mentality hasn't changed. Oh, no, never. Uh, I'm one of them guys, like, I never get comfortable. You know, just being undrafted, uh, just mm-hmm. I always had the underdog mentality. I come from a small town, you know, Griffin, Georgia, and a lot of guys don't don't make it out of uh, my small town. So I just want to be that that one that you know my community my community can you know look up to, and you know just that just having that mindset. You always you know they say a chip on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's the mindset that I'm gonna have, no matter if I'm with the ones, the twos, the threes, practice squad. I'm just one of them guys that never get comfortable with my role, and I just want to keep on elevating, uh, chasing greatness, as you can say. I'm going off script a little bit because I I do think that your story overall has been just so inspiring and it's it's pretty fascinating to see if you would be if let's say you're talking to D from two years ago or Mm. three years ago what would you say say to that guy who's kind of going through the whole process of trying to break into this league Hey, I mean, I say I'm just glad you didn't give up you know it's a tough road Uh, speaking of like two or three years ago. Man, I was working at FedEx, 
you know, I was working overnight, getting off early in the morning, six in the morning, had to go to, you know, a 7.30 workout. Then got to do the same thing, got to hurry up and get home, get some rest, go to sleep, wake back up, uh, 10 p.m., 11 p.m., go back to work. Uh, that's, that's what I had to do. So just, just, and I'm blessed, you know, just to having to go through that type of stuff, and it made me into the play I am, you know, today. And But, yeah, I just tell, you know, that D-man, look, you got a lot of people that look up to you, no matter, you know, if you would have made it to the NFL or whatever your route is, everyone's route is different, continue to taste greatness, and, you know, great things will happen. Yeah, I think every offseason is spent training really hard for the opportunity that you have. Um, you were posting a lot on social media you, that you were really grinding, I think, mm -hmm. with AJ maybe yeah, at, 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 a, at a different times. Mm -hmm. This, th th this offseason, to get prepared for this particular opportunity, right, mm -hmm. which could be to be the starting slot corner on mm -hmm. a very good defense, right? Mm -hmm. um, what was that preparation like? I I'm sure you didn't push yourself any harder, but kind of like give take us through – the time when nobody's watching. Like, what are you doing? Oof. How are you getting prepped? <laughs> Early it's mornings, crazy because, lots of lots of late nights. Yeah, see, uh, you know, just coming into the league, you know, you. I'm glad, I'm fortunate enough to have AJ Terrell as my teammate, man. He one of the guys I reach out to all the time and just trying to see, like, the things that he does and, you know, take some stuff from his, you know, off-season program, just trying to learn how to take care of my body. And, we, you know, we, had, we got the same, you know, off-season trainer, Oliver Davis, so when me and him do link up, we work on a lot of things that, that 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 I feel like I need to work on. I ask him when he watch film on me, like what do I need to work on, change the direction, a lot of stuff like that. But I know the videos you guys see, that's mm -hmm. only just a small percentage of what we actually sure. do. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like if I can put a whole video, it'll be like a movie. Like we actually, <laughs> Full we on work, documentary, yeah. We work, you know, tour days. <laughs> You know, that's just one session. That's not like what with, with everything that we done. You mm -hmm. know, that's just the field work part of it. Then we gotta lift weights. We got we gotta go to the track, do a lot of stuff to work on speed. Yes, a lot of stuff, but we know, you know, if you perfect this type of stuff, uh, it'll be easy, you know, coming around, you know, fall camp and all that type of thing. So I love it. And you yeah. you talk about AJ Terrell and your relationship with him, but I think one of the most fascinating things about this team and where it is now is this secondary that you're a part of with AJ Terrell and Jeff Akuda and Richie Grant and uh, Jesse Bates. I mean, what can you say about the group that you guys have right now? Because to me, I feel you guys when y'all are out on the field, even though we're only four or five days into training camp. I mean, I want to say, first off, you know, the relationship that we end up building, you know, this offseason um, is special. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, that each and each player out there don't want to make a mistake or just in general, just get caught on or anything and that nature because you don't want to let your brother down and you know that it means a lot to them. So just the communication on and off the field, you know, this type of group, man, we link up sometime at Richard Grant House, watch, <laughs> you know, watch old games and different things yeah. like that, catch up. I and mean, you, you know, the closer you get, man, it, it shows on the field. You don't want to let your teammate down, you know, your brother. So, yeah, this is a special group. It's a lot of talent, man. It's a lot are, of Y'all are fun to watch. Y'all really are. I mean, I've enjoyed hands enjoy on the ball constantly. All the time, yeah. And it, I guess uh, one last kind of serious football question, then we'll get to some camp life stuff. But <laughs> you probably had a lot of good coaching in your mm -hmm. you know, lead up to this point. Mm -hmm. But you got Jerry Gray, who's been around the block like 48,000 times. Yeah. He, he's seen <laughs> it all. And then yeah. Steve Jackson, who's done it. But like both mm -hmm. those guys have done it at a high level. Just from the outside, watching the way that 
the way that they coach, right? Everything is a coachable moment. Right. What's mm -hmm. it been like working with those two guys, and how do you feel like they've made you better? Man, those two guys are great coaches, man. Uh, you know, they both was able, you know, to play in the league. And just having those two on the side, they see a lot of stuff, you know, that sometimes we don't get to see. But, you know, as a coaching standpoint, they, they make a lot of things, you know, easy. You know, the hard things, you know, um, whether it's, like, personnel groupings or, you know, uh, route recognition. Those two guys, they've seen it all, and, and they help us a lot, and they're able to teach us and coach us and make it easy for us. So, you know, shouts out to those two, Coach Jack and uh, Coach Gray, them two great guys. I, I think it's really interesting, too, because we were talking to Ryan Nielsen yesterday to kind of go off that, and he made the comment, he was like, you can tell a difference in this secondary even with like amongst other position groups I think he was alluding to about how you guys have such you have honed in so much on the fundamentals and techniques that y'all are working through and he said that that's a big part of what Jerry Gray and Steve Jackson do as coaches mm -hmm. do you kind of feel that even when you're out on the field and I know y'all aren't going live but is that something where it's like y'all fall back on these fundamentals and these techniques that they're teaching in the classroom of course of course just like individual drills you know we doing we're working on techniques we're working on how to get your hands on the receiver, we're working on how to uh, stay low on your pedal, come out your break, you know, and those type of things that you need uh, when, you, when you're actually live. So, um, and you, you go in live periods and you use those techniques and you make a play off of the technique that, that we just did in individual and it shows that they know what they're talking about and, and, right. and it's working. So you want to continue to build on the foundation and, you know, those type of techniques that they teach us and you're going to continue to make plays. Okay, cool. serious stuff, right? We've talked a lot about <laughs> kind of how you've gone through the first part of it. Great first impression in the, in the spring yeah. that seems to kind of keep building. Mm -hmm. Seeing a lot of first team reps. Okay, camp life though, right? <laughs> it's, it's a lot of time. And also you got roommates here, right? Mm -hmm. So who are your roommates and do you ever get to sleep? Is it constant video games? <laughs> Is it real serious? Like what's it like? Oh, no, no. I see I got uh, Jeff Okuda, okay. AJ Terrell, and uh, Trey, you mm -hmm. know, Trey Flowers. So those type of guys, you know, they've been in the league and, and you know, they, they chasing greatness too, so it's no no video games. <laughs> you know, AJ Terrell don't even have a TV in his room, so wow. those wow. type of things. It's straight football and, you know, we get a we get a few a few minutes to catch up and talk about practice or talk about what they seen at practice, but hey man, I am not gonna lie, this camp life you you're tired. So <laughs> these right. guys in their room at nine thirty PM <laughs> sleeping. So right. you know, but yeah, man, and they're my roommates, but yeah, camp life is is all about football. So no video games, just scrape football, scrape film and you know, eating a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Who's yeah. in charge of the snacks? Oh, uh, see, we 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 make like the rookies. Yeah, yeah, right. So last so got, year you were in yeah, on that. Yeah, last year right? I had to do all the all the snacks. Wait, what are what like is that. this? So I mean, so like rookies have to go out and like get snacks. Yeah, go to the go, go to Publix. Like, I didn't know level. this. Oh yeah, yeah, like they have to go and like get snacks for like the meeting rooms and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, right? that type of oh, stuff. Oh, that's and amazing. They come back with just bags, grocery and bags. bags, whatever we want. They gotta wow. you know, technically uh -huh. go get. So last year was there ever was there any like weird request that you ever had to go get? AJ Terrell. Really. He like he like uh, the Boston baked beans or something like that. Those the, the type are of Boston gross. baked beans. Yeah, and I, like red in a hundred yeah, degree red. Georgia <laughs> heat. Dear God, it's no. crazy. That is not it's crazy. It. Yeah, he um, love them though. He love them. Wow, that's so okay. Like, well, then what is your go to? Like, what's, yeah, what's your what, go to? I'm not gonna snack? lie. My favorite snack is the you know the little Debbie's muffins. I like oh, the yeah, I like the birthday the, cake flavor. The birthday cake. Oh, favorite. speaking yeah. of birthday. 
Don't you have a birthday yeah, in the family? Yeah, shout out to my dad, man. His Look birthday at that. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, were, we were talking <laughs> about that. Today, he just turned 58. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I want to give a shout out to him. I appreciate everything he done for me and continue to do for me. Shout out to Pops. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, then, as we kind of wrap this thing up here, right, you still, like, we're talking to you as we're heading towards the first off day. It's been mm-hmm. four or five practice days at this point. Mm-hmm. I think today's day four. We got a long way to go. Yeah. Long way to go, right? Long and way. it seems like you're really locked in on kind of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So give fans an idea of, so you've gotten to this point. Mm-hmm. We're saying lots of nice things about what you've done. Mm-hmm. What's like, what are your goals? What are your plans for as we, now the pads are going to come on, the preseason mm-hmm. games, joint practices. How are you, you know, like, what are your goals? What are, like, what's your outlook heading into the rest of the preseason? Uh, I mean, first of all, I just want to continue to get better, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of things that, that, you know, as a player, we be hard on ourselves that, you know, the fans and things they don't see, like uh, the little details, little stuff like that. So even though we've got an off day coming up, I want to continue to watch film and critique myself, you know. And basically pretty much I want to uh, continue to get better, man. And that's pretty much how they're going gonna to be this full preseason, you know. Grinder. Great. Grinding. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> grinding. We're all grinding through it. That's 100%. what training camp is. That's part, part of the business. Yeah. D'Alford, thank you so much for yes, the time. I definitely you. appreciate it. But stay tuned because after the break, Tori and I will discuss more kind of general camp thoughts and who we think stood out, you know, besides this guy right here. <laughs> I got you. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. Welcome back to the first edition of the Training Camp Falcons Final Whistle podcast. Thank you so much to D. Alford yeah. for joining us. He was great, right? Honestly, we were talking, and that was his first podcast. Which I can't ever. Believe. I told him he had a great podcast voice. We'll have yeah. to have him on uh, Falcons in Focus. Yeah, stay Plug. tuned. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> but before we get there, Tori, you and I have more training camp to discuss after four practices to this point. Mm-hmm. We know that D. Alford has been standing out yeah. here. But what were your early impressions of how the Falcons have done overall. We yep. still haven't seen pads yet. It's right. the quote-unquote ramp-up period. But I still think there was plenty to have watched and learned in this early portion. I think for me, just initially, the first day we were out there for training camp, I just felt like the presence of this defensive line was felt immediately. And and it goes back to what you're saying, that there aren't any pads on. So how do you feel the presence of the defensive line without pads on? How do you feel the presence of the size that they've accumulated without Calais Campbell there? Because Calais Campbell is still on the NFI list. Mm-hmm. We'll see him probably in a couple of weeks, I, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, Arthur Smith has said that it's not a big deal. He's just working through something. But even without him out on the field, you feel this defensive line in a way that I don't know we've felt before especially in the last couple of years as they've kind of, you know, taken guys on one-year deals and to make the 53-man roster and kind of plugging and feeling where they need to because of injuries across the defensive line. To see a guy like Grady Jarrett beside a guy like David Onyemata, sandwiched between Lorenzo Carter and Bud Dupree and Arnold Abiketti and Calais Campbell when he comes back, this group feels so different. And I know even – Arthur Smith talked about it. I think it was the second or the third day of camp where he was asked, you know, how different does this defensive line feel? He goes, very different. It, it feels like it's a very powerful group. Mm-hmm. And and I think that is very evident to me. I think it's going to be even more so when you do get the pads on 
and they are going a bit more closer to 100%. You know, we're in preseason. You're never going to get to 100%, but you're going to get pretty close when the, the pads go on and it's 112 degrees in Miami for joint practices and emotions and tempers are running mm-hmm. high. You're going to get some guys moving and going, and, and I'm, I'm excited for that. And these yeah. first four days have has established that for me. Yeah, I, Ryan Nielsen always says attack and be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Those are his terms. Uh, David Onyemata, I was talking to him earlier this week. He brought up another term that I thought was equally kind of impactful and accurate, and it was set the tempo, meaning the defensive line sets the tempo not only when they're on the field but for the game. Right. And that doesn't mean sacks on every play. It just means – physical aggressiveness. It means moving the line of scrimmage, moving the pocket backwards, being a force, setting the tempo. Don't let the offensive line get on you, mm-hmm. right? But setting the tempo. I talked to Bud uh, Dupree about that today because I'm fascinated by the term now, uh, <laughs> which isn't like revelatory, but I just think that it fits in with what they like right. to do. And Bud did say it's a real point of emphasis mm-hmm. that we want to attack. We don't want to sit back. We're not just there to form a wall to try to prevent long run gains that we want to be attack and that we want to attack and get in there the best defensive lines too they don't come at you with four dudes they come at you in waves yeah and the reason why i say that is if you look at like what could be on the second line mm-hmm. we're still figuring out roles and stuff right. like that and i know it's really early and i know he's a rookie mm-hmm. but i'm gonna say anyway zach harrison <laughs> i know yeah. has flashed i i knew you were gonna right? go. yeah i knew you were gonna I, go I just think that he's kind of showing up he's making that good impression mm-hmm. again with no pads yeah but i think for this young third round pick mm-hmm. who had a bunch of hurries but not a lot of sacks at right. ohio state i think he's 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 gotten off on the right yeah. foot here something i'll add to about this this defensive line i was talking to richie grant the other day and i asked him if if this defensive line felt a little different mm-hmm. and his answer was really good because he's like, you know, I'm behind them in the secondary. He was like, the ball is getting to us very quickly. And I and that That's right. That is a testament to how this defensive line is pushing into the quarterback, whoever it is. If the ball is coming at them in a couple seconds, the defensive line is doing their job. Yeah. And then if you're looking on the opposite side of the ball, you see the volume of skill players that mm-hmm. we kind of knew was there, but we're starting to see how many targets are in the pattern. And Arthur Smith even said on uh, on Saturday that we're going to make you work because right. there's so many of them coming at you who can do so many different things. I, I think it's been impressive. Sure, like Drake London's going to make some catches, right. and Kyle Smith, I Kyle Smith, sorry, <laughs> Kyle Pitts. It has been four days of camp already. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Pitts, uh, Arthur Smith said he finally got a change. He's Finally has to get his jersey washed because he he got down and dirty and there made a nice go. catch low. He's progressing mm-hmm. at the right tempo. But then you look at Jonu Smith has made some plays. Bajon Robinson looks like Bajon Robinson. The, yeah. The flashes that you see, the 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 cuts he makes, the mm-hmm. precision with which he operates, the shifty physicality, it's yeah. all together. He's so fun he's to so watch. Fun, and fans love it. Oh, yeah, they and they should. Him. He's the number eight overall pick for a reason. Right. And it's really interesting with Bajan is that, like, you can watch him on film all day long and say these things, but when you see it in person. Like it live? Live, yeah. it kind of does, like, I don't know, it sparks something in you to be like, oh, like, that's so fun to watch. And it kind of goes back to even the scouting process when I was doing, like, the Finding Falcons series mm-hmm. on the rookies and how the Falcons, you know, decided on this draft class, each individual guy. And every person I talked to for the Bajan story said the same thing. It's like, when you saw him live, 
it changed the game for you. And I felt that way when they were talking two years ago about Kyle Pitts. Mm -hmm. It's like when you see him live, you understand why he is where he is and why he is what he is. Yeah, and I think that's interesting. You look at Mac Hollins is such – he's a big dude who plays big. Mm -hmm. Scotty Miller is a fast guy who plays fast. Yeah. And just say that, look, there are big dudes who won't get physical. Mm -hmm. there, are like, there are small dudes who will go up and get the ball. I think that just the volume of, of options mm -hmm. that – Desmond Ritter has yep. with him, I think, is important. Um, just one other thing I want to say about the skill players is that, look, Kyle Pitts didn't have a chance to work with Desmond Ritter very much last year. Right. He always worked with the first team, which was Marcus Mariota. By the time Des was the first team guy, Pitts was hurt. Mm -hmm. Kyle did talk about you can't accelerate the learning curve there, but the second Kyle was able to run routes, he was running routes with Desmond yeah. in the offseason, and I think that's important. Anytime you can play a little bit of catch-up, mm -hmm. That's fine. And then, look, they have six more weeks till the first game. I think that's enough time to get those two on the same page and to get Kyle kind of looking like Kyle can. Yeah. That's going to take time, though. Yeah. It just will. Yeah. And I don't think there's any reason at all to rush anything with no Kyle Pitts. No way. The last thing I want is to rush him. Like, that. Uh, don't do that. Yeah. I don't need to see Kyle Pitts in the preseason. Absolutely At all. Not. I don't care to. Well, I, I care, but I don't mm -hmm. want I don't want to. That's the right. difference. I don't want to see him in the preseason because he's going to get to where he needs to be. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't have a doubt that he's not going to. So don't don't throw him out there. Mm -hmm. I, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Week one standouts. Who you got? All right. So I have um, staying in the theme of the secondary. I'm going to go with Clark Phillips the third. Interesting. The Falcons. Uh, Fourth round, fourth round pick, pick right. in the 2023 NFL draft. I have been very impressed with him through four days. He is somebody who is I, – I, I'm not saying this to, you know, drive home the point or whatever. He's small. Mm -hmm. He's a small guy, has a small frame, but he plays – and this was something, again, that went back to what scouts were saying. He plays bigger than his size. Mm -hmm. He plays bigger than his frame. We are seeing that day in and day out. He made a – Really amazing play in one-on-one -on -one coverage against Drake London on the third day of camp. He has had, I think he had three or four PBUs where he was in great position in the four, on the fourth day of camp. Like, he just keeps showing up for me. I think he had an interception when in front of fans on Saturday. On yeah. Saturday. Mm -hmm. Like, all of, all, he just keeps popping up for me. And I think it's really great because something that, I believe it was Kyle Smith, not Kyle Pitts, Kyle mm -hmm. Smith. Right. I believe he said in his like press conference after the draft, he said something along the lines of is like when you have someone who doesn't reach the measurables, they have to account for it in other ways. Mm -hmm. The way that the grit and just the understanding of where the ball is in flight for Clark Phillips, I think is what counteracts that because he's able to get himself into position. And that's something that even though we're not going 110% right now, I, I feel like you can see that from him. And so he's somebody that I'm, I'm just really intrigued by, someone who kind of flew under the radar for me throughout, you know, OTAs and rookie minicamp, all that kind of stuff. And I've, I've been really impressed by what I've seen from him even, you know, one weekend. Yeah, and Arthur Smith said, look, he, he's made some splash plays and he's done really well. There are some things to clean up, but of he's course. a rookie, of course, yeah. and he's going to continue to kind of chip away at that and kind of hone in on – Everything that that he's doing. Um, who's for, who? Who's your standout player of the week? Yeah, I, I was just thinking ab about that. I was gonna say Matt Collins, but the more that I think about it, the more I keep. 
I was going to say Jeff Okuda, too, because he's mm-hmm. been so good. But if we're just talking about week one standouts, yeah. it's got to be Jalen Hawkins, right? I yeah. mean, he's got... We have a theme. We're staying in the secondary. Yeah, because the secondary... They've been doing... They've that, been doing yeah. really well. They're, yeah. they're getting their hands on the ball. Mm-hmm. They're playing aggressive. It's tight coverage. But Jalen is a guy... I don't... I don't think he thinks about things in terms of like I'm the one guy or I'm the two guy. Right. I think he just goes out there each time and tries to make a play. He's made a couple really good plays early on, a positive first impression. Mm-hmm. He's working with the second unit with Micah Abernathy, but who cares? I don't think he cares. I think he's just going out there and trying to make plays um, no matter what team that he's on. Yeah. So I think he's been impressive. Now, Tori, as we wrap this thing up, mm-hmm. we're talking on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. There's an off day for the players on Sunday. On Monday, the pads go on. Might be my favorite whoop, camp whoop. day of the year. Yeah, uh, exciting stuff. What should fans look for on that particular day? Whether you're here or whether you're kind of reading and watching videos, like what should fans look for for that? The intensity at the line of scrimmage yeah, is going to go up, and that should excite everyone because during OTAs, and I remember this vividly, Arthur Smith said that he couldn't wait. For training camp when pads go on specifically because he said it's going to feel like the Dwayne Ledford versus Ryan Nielsen extravaganza right because offensive line coach versus defense long-time yeah. defensive line coach yeah that they're going to be going at it of course within reason no sure. one's no one's trying to get hurt but like I I truly believe that those guys are ready to go and they've been held back a little bit because no pads are on you can't really do that much but when the once the pads goes on go on it's the physicality can go up a little bit. Yeah. And that's what's going to be the marker of this line of scrimmage is how physical the offensive line and defensive line can be in their own separate ways. Yeah, and it's going to be a good teaching tape for them because they haven't had pads on since the last game of the re- of the regular season for right. most of these guys or uh, whenever their last game was for their respective teams. I'm going to go a little bit outside the box. And it wasn't my <laughs> idea. It was Bud Dupree's idea, so I'm giving full credit. But uh, is this is that he says, look, like they're down there banging and they learn so much because the physicality gets ramped up. Mm. It's going to probably going to be hot out there. Um, he brought up the receivers, right? That right now they can go out and go across the middle and everything is OK. And you can go out and <laughs> they, don't, they just get your tapped. arms out yeah. and they get tapped. Yeah. Are those guys going to want to do it mm. when Jesse Bates has shoulder pads on? And he's coming at you 100 miles an hour. Now, Jesse's not going to lay anybody out, but there is an element of physicality that's yeah. going to bleed in from the line of scrimmage into the pattern yeah. that I think is going to be interesting to see how these receivers respond to it. Because right. as we've seen early on, the secondary, mm-hmm. which I keep talking about, yeah. but the secondary is playing aggressive. They're going after the ball. How will the receivers react? Will they counter and be aggressive and go after it? Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see how that part of it plays it's out. It's funny so. because I joked in one of my practice reports, I think it was day two, and they were doing some seven-on-seven stuff. And Desmond kind of tossed it to Bajan down the sideline and he kind of like did his little jukey elusive mm-hmm. move that he does that I'm sure everybody has seen at this point on Twitter but he he does that and he does it to Jesse and Jesse was just going up to like tap him and I even said and and he does the move and Jesse mm-hmm. like run it it looked like he juked him out but no one's going 110% and I said I wrote in that practice report I was like that was a fun little moment it was mm-hmm. cool to see Bajan do that live but when the pads go on, I don't think that that's going to happen. There's going to be the, a thud. There, there will be a thud. Yeah. So I'm always really looking forward to this. And I think 
you know, after the pads come on, then we continue to ramp up. We head towards joint practices, just so uh-huh. the fans know, right? Falcons final whistle is generally in kind of an off-season analysis podcast. Mm-hmm. In-season, it's all about post-game analysis. This is a new addition right. to the series, yeah. right? And we're, and we're going to come to you at several points during training camp and kind of give updates at different tent pole moments. So you're going to hear from Tori and I again after spending two days uh, covering joint practices yeah. against the Dolphins and a couple different points throughout the course of this summer updating and possibly with some more player guests. Yeah. So please look forward to that. Again, rate, review, subscribe to the Atlanta Falcons podcast network. Why don't you? And we will talk to you again really, really soon. See you.